Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. Thank you guys very much. Uh, I tell you what, if, if, um, it's been interesting during this season to see uh, what you believe and, and how strong it is, isn't it? Uh, I don't know about you, but, but I think everybody's gotten a little bit of a test to see what, it, what is it that you believe and, and what are you standing on? Uh, it's been a real interesting experiment as, as I know that God is speaking to many of us saying how he's doing things. He's up to stuff. Like it's not all doom and gloom and despair. And, and yet, if you, if you listen to some, you'd think that's what we're dealing with right now. Uh, I was sharing some good news this week with somebody, and, and, and they cut me off mid-sentence and was like, okay, great to see you. Thank you very much, and walked away. And I thought, okay, they're full-on good news, you know? But uh, I think what it is is, honestly, we're just so, our minds can be so set, right, on, on this place and what we're dealing with. And, and I hope to encourage you this morning with this with word uh, on how God is enough, okay? Uh, he's given you everything that you need. He's not left out anything. He's, he's got everything for this season, for what you're in right now. He knew about it ahead of time, and he's given you himself. He's given you enough. And I want to look at how God is enough this morning. Lord, I uh, come to you, and I just ask that you'd speak to our hearts. God, show us uh, this great mystery. Lord, we live on a planet of more, of wanting more, uh, and God, you gave us everything. So God, I pray this wouldn't be words this morning. Lord, it would be something that you would just share in our hearts and confirm in our hearts. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God is omni. We talked about this last week. He's all everywhere. He's all powerful. He's all knowing, okay? And this is fun to remind yourself all of the time that he's not far away, right? Heaven's not some stairway that we go up and we get there. It's, it's here. It's, it's all around you. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's, 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 uh, it's nothing like what we think. We often think that we're praying and we're hoping that God would hear our prayers, and he's just tapping us on the shoulder saying, why are you looking up, you know? Uh, I'm right here. He's omni. And I love that he, he says this in a couple different ways, right? We see it through scripture. And then you have Jesus who affirms something that God said once about himself, and that is, my name is I am. This is who I am, okay? Moses is saying, I got to go talk to some people. I should probably have a name here. Like, who are we, who we dealing with? And he says, well, tell them I am. I don't know about you, but as a person reading that, I was always very confused. I'm like, God, what in the world are you talking about? Like, give us a name here, you know, Peter, John, some kind of a name. I am. And yet, as you find and you understand, the more that you see, you see that, oh my, I am the one who has always been, who will always be, and forever will be. Like, this, this is who he is. So this morning, I want to look at another, another name that he, he gives, right? And it's a fun one. It's, it's this name El Shaddai, okay? How many of y'all remember the Amy Grant song? You remember that? Good. I'm going to ruin it real good today, okay? From t- <laughs> I guarantee you, after today, you will never, ever be able to listen to that song. Um, so there you have it. If you like it, this is your warning um, to get out. Um, El Shaddai, okay? This is an awesome, awesome uh, word, okay? Whenever you see this word El, okay, it means mighty one, okay, or, or, or the one who's all-powerful, right? It's the omni-word in some ways. Whatever comes after this, God is all in on it, okay? So if he's all-powerful or all-knowing, it's this L word, okay? And then you have Shaddai, which means sufficient, okay? As one of the meanings, it means sufficient. And you'll notice here I have some other words for you to fill in. 
Uh, it has some other meanings as well. The noun of this word is shad, okay? And shad uh, means uh, udder, okay, or breast. Uh, this is what it means. And there was an understanding here that, again, I told you I was going to ruin this song for you. Uh, there's an understanding of this that is lost in our culture, okay? It's lost, honestly, in the way that we perceive Scripture, right? It was written by a lot of guys. There's a lot of guy stuff here, okay? And there's not a lot of stuff about girls. There's not a lot of stuff about the, what, what, the way God uh, is exemplified in women, right? So I love this word because this is what it's sharing. What it's sharing is in the same way uh, it, this was uh, spoken to Abraham. Imagine Abraham getting this word from God. Hey, hey, Abraham, in the same way that a mother holds her young, right, and is able to sustain it with her life, Abraham, that's what I'm like. Abraham, I'm like your mom, is what he's saying. Abraham, you can trust me. I am El Shaddai. I am the one that will give you all the life that you need, is what he's saying. I'm going to be the one that has so I am all-sufficient. I'm self-sufficient. And whatever it is you're needing, I have it. And I'm enough, is what God said to Abraham. And he says it to us as well. He is El Shaddai. And again, it may have some different meanings to you now, or you may hear that differently. And yet, the, the, the actual picture is beautiful. It's God sustaining us with his life, and that you don't need to go anywhere else to get it. I love this. Acts 17, we, we read it last week. God doesn't live in temples. He's not somebody who needs servants, right? We have this idea that, oh, oh, to be a servant in the house of God, this is the pick. No, God does, that's a misunderstanding. God doesn't need people to serve him as if he can't do something or need something. He's all sufficient. So everything that God does has you in mind. That's the mind-blowing part, right? Religion says that everything about us is all to give to God. And he's saying, no, I don't need anything. <laughs> what are you going to give me? I'm all sufficient, I am the sufficient one. God is enough. He is enough. He gives himself. He gives everyone life and breath to everything else. Abraham, aren't you done trying on your own? You know, when God says this to Abraham, it had been like 12 to 13 years after this promise of a child. And I could hear God saying, Abraham, are you, are you tired trying on your own? You know, hey, I, I, I'm the one with the promise. I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one that can do this. See, God's not just El Shaddai. He's not just a sustainer, is he? But he's also I am. Now, this is represented by these four letters that I'll put up here for you. Uh, and, and many will try to pronounce this, okay? You've heard it as Jehovah, Jehovah. I mean, there are so many different ways to say this. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to answer the age-old question. Nobody knows how to say this, okay? So if you meet someone, they say, oh, Javen, I have the correct. You don't. Uh, nobody really knows how to say this. And that should be obvious. Now, now, the thing about it is, is that we do know how to say this because Jesus came along and basically gave us the answer. He said, I am the manifestation of these letters, <laughs> of what these are to you. Which, by the way, if you think about it, they wouldn't write this down. They wouldn't say this name. They, this was a holy, sacred scripture. It's why we have so many different ways to say the name. is because they even tried to protect it by coming up with different versions of it. Uh, and so what I love is, is that when Jesus shows up and he says, I am we don't understand how shocking that was and how blasphemous that was and how, like, are you kidding me? You're going to just go ahead and say the name that shall not be named? You know, it's like that thing. Jesus said, I am. <laughs> I am. We struggle with this idea of self-sufficient thinking, but God comes along and says, 
Abraham, be perfect. Walk blamelessly. Be this, be this way in front of me so that you can receive from my sufficiency. What is it right now that you feel you need in your life? Could be paying a bill. Could be just very simple, practical things. Could be bigger things like, God, how do I deal with this massive situation in my life or whatever it is? I'm here to tell you this morning that if you have Jesus, if you believe in him, if his life is within you, you actually have exactly what you need. It may not feel that way, and that's because it's sort of this mystery which we're going to look at, but you have all that you need. Paul calls this walking by the Spirit where he says, that we have what we need within us, and he sustains us. Look at, look at this verse in 2 Corinthians, where he, he's talking about uh, three different times he went to God and said, God, I don't have enough. I don't have what I need. I need you to do something. And all of us can relate. All of us have been there. And look at what he says. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Just stop there and think about those last few words. Power is perfected in weakness. When are you ever taught that on this planet? <laughs> power is perfect when you have none, you know. What? <laughs> right? It's the opposite of what we're taught here. And yet Jesus, and what the Spirit is showing us here, is that this is where power is actually at its best. Why? Because most gladly I will boast, he says, in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insult, distress, persecutions, difficulties for Christ's sake. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says, you guys remember me, right? Like, when I showed up, okay, and you got to remember when he showed up in Corinth, he, he didn't have all the right words to say, right? He wasn't so polished. He didn't, he didn't have it all figured out. And he goes, listen, I... I came with, with weakness. I was weak. You guys thought I was this superhero. It's Paul the Apostle, and we'll say we're, at, we're of Paul. And he's going, why are you doing that? I was starving, and I was hungry. I was scared. I was beat up. He's like, I, I was in total, I should not be some superhero. And he goes, the point of the matter is, the fact that I was standing in front of you wasn't some account of my like, awesomeness, but how awesome God was in me. And how many of us in this room, you have days where you feel like, I am absolutely just beat up, and yet I stand, and yet I am here because the Lord is enough. God is enough in me. Paul says, I'm not embarrassed that all I know is, is Jesus. He goes, this great wisdom that was a mystery, he goes, look, the philosophers, they missed it. Uh, all of the wise men, they missed it. All of all the kings, they missed it. He goes, this mystery was so great. He goes, nobody could see it. And he says that it was actually good that they didn't, and it was on God's plan that they didn't, because had they have understood, they would never have let Jesus do what he did, which is lay down his life for you and for me, that Jesus would be enough for everyone that would ever live. We would never have let him do that. And so this mystery was hidden. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Just imagine that. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but 
in those taught by the Spirit combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Boy, let me encourage you this morning, because I guarantee this is for somebody here today. All of us spend a lot of time on Google trying to find our answers, don't we? Like, hey, what do I do? In the month of March, prayer was the most Googled word, okay? I mean, it wasn't just Christians. It's everybody. Just This is how I type, by the way. I mash. I just like, I don't know why I do that. Every single time I say type. Anyway, it's loud in my house. Um, <laughs> But, but we all, we, we're really good at Googling, right, our answers. God, what do I do right now? Pandemic, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I love that what this verse just said is you have something greater than Google living within you. You have the Spirit of God who can, oh, I don't know, just do a quick search on the depths of God. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means totally, okay? That's amazing, mind-blowing stuff. In other words, God has the answers, his ways are higher, and he lives within you, and he says, it's enough. (laughs) It's all that you need. And you can search the depths of God whenever you feel like it. That's amazing. It's amazing. So in weakness is where we see God's strength perfected. We see the Lord gets to show off. He gets to show off what he can do, and I love that. Look, 2 Corinthians 13, Paul says, look, Jesus himself was even crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. And and though we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him to serve you. I love this. Jesus himself knows exactly how you feel right now. No matter what it is you're going through, he understands exactly what it feels like because he experienced being weak I don't know if you ever think of Jesus as weak. I don't know if you ever think of him having these weak moments that we often characterize him as this, you know, he never had a bad day. And yet we know, right, he, he was in weakness all the time. He lived in this space. Why? Jesus, why would you choose to be weak? Why would you not choose to elevate yourself and, and become the king that we knew you? Because he knew how this worked. Well, when I'm weak, my father's going to be strong. And you watch, he's going to raise me from the dead. He's so strong, <laughs> I love it. God knows exactly what it feels like. And 2 Corinthians 9.8 says that he's now able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you have an abundance for every good deed. (laughs) Just like I did with my kids here last week where I had a pool of these little balls and I said, whoever can grab the most of them and bring them over will get a prize. And I said, hey, would you like to go again and try again? Of course. Oh, yeah, I want to try again because I can get more. Right? We live on a planet where we often think that, you know what God needs to do? He needs to do a new thing, right? We need God to do something brand new that the world has never seen before. Can I tell you he's not going to do a new thing? Can I tell you there's not going to be some new great thing that's coming? What I can tell you is he's already placed himself. Jesus, the self-sustained, doesn't need anything. He placed him in the creation, Can I tell you, that has a ripple effect that will never stop. The world will never need anything other than Jesus. We never need any, we don't need any more lights and stuff. We don't need anything other than just Jesus. And throughout all time, the fact that there existed one man who was self-sustained, it's the thing that every single human craves. Oh, I want to be self-sustained. I don't want to, 18 years old, I want to move out. I want to be on my own. We want want to be self-sustainable. And yet Jesus was the only one that could and laid himself down and died for you and for me. He demonstrated what true power looked like, what enough looks like. And what it looks like is God wins. 
And what it looks like is love never fails. That's what it looks like. So I don't, I don't have the picture, but I have the confidence that whatever it looks like, it's going to be awesome. God never, ever fails because he is enough. So Paul writes, he says, then, then how do we understand this great mystery? How do we understand this mystery of we have enough and yet I feel like we need more? How do I, how do I understand uh, this, this, this walk that we have? Paul says it's like this. It's like having treasure within something that doesn't contain the value of the treasure within, this earthen vessel. You ever put something real valuable inside of something that wasn't? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Like, that doesn't sound very smart. It sounds like you're going to probably lose whatever's super valuable. And yet, God does that. He puts something incredibly valuable, you, within this earthen vessel that's, that doesn't look like the quality of what's within. But look at what, why he does this. He does this, 2 Corinthians 4, for your sake, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people will cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. This momentary light affliction is producing for us eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. He goes to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I'm enough. And Abraham says, okay, yeah, but you promised me a kid, and, and it's been 12 or 13 years. Abraham, walk before me. Walk as I am. Walk as somebody who doesn't need anything. <laughs> walk that way, and you'll see that I will continue to sustain you. I will continue to give you exactly what you need. What if you woke up tomorrow and stopped living as if you're waiting on God to do something? And we just lived as if, God, you have done it, and we're walking in it. Like, that's the kind of life you and I can have. We can wake up tomorrow and go, look, I see my bank account. I see what that looks like. And yet, Lord, I'm going to walk as if I'm a millionaire. Lord, I'm going to walk as if you have provided for every single thing I need because, oh, by the way, you have. <laughs> He's enough. He's absolutely enough. He is overabundant life. That's why what you have as being enough is more than what you can possibly hold. It's more than you can possibly imagine. Let me, let me put it to you this way. You ever wonder, man, God, what is taking so long? Like, I don't mean just about something you're praying about. I just mean, like, on this planet. Like, haven't enough people gotten saved? Like, haven't we seen enough, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, there's days where I feel that way. Maybe I'm just not perfect. But, but there's days where I look around and I go, I hope everybody's on board, but I'm done. You know, like, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm tired. It's hot mosquitoes and anyway I'm really suffering but um <laughs> you know I you know and, and it's funny we 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 think well Javen it's because what first has to take place is all this stuff in Revelation and we need to da, 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 da. okay listen I'm going to tell you the real quick answer the easy answer of why God has not come back yet is because there are still more people that he loves that he's bringing in and that's as simple as it needs to be, right? So I just sit there and I go, it's not because he's got a certain number he needs to hit and hit his quota, you know? It's not because he needs anything, but because he loves every single person that's going to receive him, that's going to believe on him, that's going to take this life and be a part of the family. And so he'll wait as long as it takes. And I say, wait on. You know, I can suffer through some mosquitoes um, for that. But that's what God is up to. God is up to incredible things, even right now, even in the midst of all of this. 
He's not waiting for the church to blah, 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 or whatever. He's not waiting on anybody. <laughs> he's God. He's moving, man. He is, he's, he's saying, catch up. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> All right, I want to I end this with, with, with a, a look real quick at Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to show you this because Hebrews chapter 10 is one of these places that people go to often to say that what God has given you is not enough, that what you need is more, that, well, although that you've, you've been saved, and I hate to say it, I was somebody who used this verse a lot uh, when I was on the street. I would use Hebrews 10.26 to say, like, listen, I get that you're a Christian, but if you keep on sinning, like, there's nothing God can do. You know, he, he, he did his best. You know, I used to teach this, and I want to, I want to teach the opposite for just a moment. Uh, given the fact that God is enough, given the fact that he has given enough, that everything he's done is enough, let's look at enough together. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 1. For the law, since it was only a shadow of good things to come, and not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifice which they offer continually, year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having been cleansed or forgiven, would no longer have had consciousness of sins? But in those sacrifices, there's a reminder year by year that it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So I love this. And the idea that God is enough, even the giving of the law wasn't what that was. It wasn't enough. Right? As, as the people would say it was. This is enough. Enough for us. No, it wasn't enough. <laughs> Yahweh was still coming, if you will. Right? Jesus, the manifestation of enough, was coming. So you, you don't know what enough is yet. So the law was the shadow of the things to come. In the same way that my shadow cannot pick up this bottle of water, <laughs> the shadow of the law has no ability to make change in your life. It has no ability to do anything except expose and to show a serious problem that you have. So Jesus does something for us. Behold, he says in verse 9, I've come to do your will, Father. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will we've been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Man, underline that. Once for all, not once until the next time you sin, not once until the next time you, you forget. No, once and for all. And he sanctified you. He made you holy. He made you a saint. He, 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 he joined you to him as his body. You can't be separate from God. You can't be separated from God. You can't, I don't know what uh, ability you think you have, but God is holding on to you and he's made you a part of him. So I don't know what you're going to do to get out of that. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. And then verse 14, you can underline as well, for by one offering he's perfected for all time those who are sanctified. If your Bible says something else, please get a different Bible. <laughs> It's just wrong. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big deal, guys. This is a big one. Some things are semantics or whatever. No, this is a big one. You are sanctified. There's not a final step that you're waiting on because what God gave you was enough, not enough plus something else that has to come. He gave you enough. In fact, he goes on to say, he goes, look, this was that thing the Spirit was trying to say about how God was going was to uh, put this covenant upon our minds, put it upon our hearts, 
the law, if you will, this idea of Jesus, the, the, the manifestation of I am. He says he's going to put this upon your heart so that you would see that God has forgiven their sins and their lawless deeds. He remembers them no more. This is the good news. Verse 18, he says, Now where there's forgiveness of these things, we're talking about sin, there's no longer any offering. <laughs> How often do we make offerings to God for our sins? How often do you meet somebody? I mean, and they're just devastated by something that they did. And look, I hate to tell you that comes with it. Like you can't shake the feeling bad part, really. But the good news is this, is that God's not sitting there keeping track of your sins. He's not keeping track of anything but good news about you. It's his life in you. There's forgiveness of these sins. And so Paul says that he, or the writer of Hebrews writes and he says, look, there's, there's just a new way that we go into this. There's a whole new way where God sprinkles your heart clean. He makes you, he washes you totally clean so that you can go and step right on in. You can come right before your dad now and go, hey, I know Pastor Javen's not here, but I, I thought maybe I'd come talk to you, you know? Like, that's allowed now. Like, you can do that. And this new way, he says, is so amazing because you're attaching to the life flow of God. He goes, look, where God is enough, he's now enough in you, and you have all that you need. And then he, the writer goes on to say this little passage, and he's writing this to his Hebrew brothers and sisters, not to you and me, not to most of us in this room, but he writes it to them and he says, if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there's no, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of fire which will consume the adversaries. And I used to take that verse, and I used to use that verse to scare people into the kingdom every single time I could, you know. No, that's not at all what he's saying. He's not talking to people like you and me. What he's saying is, is that my Jewish brothers and sisters, if you guys refuse to take the best sacrifice that ever was, that had more power than any sacrifice ever before, because we didn't cover sins here. This forgave sins, something nobody's ever been able to do. So if you reject the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate priest, the ultimate temple, the ultimate everything, then he goes, well, I don't know what you're hoping for except just to be caught up in death and destruction. And as you know, in 70 AD, that's exactly what happened to everybody in Jerusalem. So this was a warning. This was an attempt to say, come into life. And if you hear these words today and you've never believed, please hear that, that this is enough. All that you ever will need is Jesus. He'll be enough forever and ever and ever and ever. You'll never need to worry ever again, in fact. And so that's what he kind of closes out with. He goes, look, brothers, you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God, which is to do what? To believe on him, you'll receive what it was promised. For yet, in a very little while, he who is coming will come, and he will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But here's the good news. We are not those who shrink back, but those who have faith to the persevering or preserving of the soul. We, we aren't those kind of people. Once you see Jesus, you can't shrink back. You kidding me? Once you've come into life, you, death is silliness. Like, yeah, you would, how in the world would I ever go back to that for? No, you can't shrink back, can you? And in fact, I'll close out with this last verse. And I love Paul says this. He goes, look, 1 Corinthians 4, but to me, it's a very small thing that I be examined by you or by any human in court. Look at what he says. I do not even examine myself, for I am conscious of nothing against myself. 
Do you live that way? Because you can. You can live in such a way that you are not conscious of anything against you. Now, somebody might bring something to your attention, (laughs) and you can take that moment for reconciliation to make things right. Why not? It's the best. But you don't have to be conscious of things against yourself. So whatever it is that you're holding over yourself today, that you're saying, God, I know that you are enough, except I got to get this stuff over here figured out. Whatever that is, I'm asking you to forget about it today. Just forget it. (laughs) Well, I can't, Javen. It's a big thing. All right, well, forget it. Try. Don't be so conscious of that more than you're conscious of how awesome God is, of how enough he is. And you'll find yourself, if you sit in that space where you talk about, God, I know how enough you are. I see how big you are. I know how much you've put in me. You'll suddenly find that you forgot about whatever that big old thing was to begin with. That's been my experience, at least. So my prayer for us today is that we'd understand that God is enough, that whatever it is you're going through, whatever your current circumstance, situation, whatever word is I'm trying to say there, uh, whatever it is, okay, he's enough. He's enough. Let me pray for us. Father, I, uh, I thank you so much that you didn't hold back. You didn't keep some things for us to kind of try to reach like a carrot on a stick. You came and you gave life fully to us. Lord, I pray for all of us that are uh, caught still seeing a mystery. Lord, we're still, still unable to totally have that confidence that you have us. Lord, I pray for us today. And I pray that you'd give that confidence to every person that's here that they are enough, that you've given them enough. Lord, that it wouldn't be words but it would be your spirit. Spiritual words, Lord. Spiritual thoughts this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name.